Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Claim Your Power podcast, the ultimate show for all things new age spirituality, entrepreneurship, and embodied leadership. I'm your host, Kim Peretz. I'm an author, entrepreneur, and yoga enthusiast. If you're ready to step up, tap into your gifts, and unleash your potential, you are at the right place. It's time to claim your power. What's up, everyone? I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Welcome back to the pod. I am very excited for today's episode as I have a very special guest with me, the one and only Eon Martinez. Eon is the author of Who Lives, Who Dies, a fictional novel that uniquely calls to attention ethical issues in the modern healthcare industry. Beyond that, Eon is also a classical pianist, social activist, and an aspiring biomedical ethicist. So Eon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be part of this amazing, impressive group of guests that you've already had. Uh, When you asked me to be here, I I didn't really think I deserved it. Uh, So so thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I'm so happy you're here. So the first question I have for you it's just like to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your book, the type of person that you are, and how you're fulfilling your purpose in the world. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm Eon. I, I was born in Greece, but I, now I've been living in Switzerland for around nine years. Uh, and I go to an international school there, so it's all been uh, in English speaking. Uh, so I've since I was around 12, I was always passionate about biomedicine. And so I would do lab internships, I would dive into, you know, I would do the AP bio curriculum, I, I, I was really interested in this, this type of stuff. But then when I was around uh, 14, 15, my grandfather was diagnosed with a very serious form of uh, pancreatic cancer. And besides the fact that that inspired me even more and shifted my, um, my attention to a particular part of biomedicine, uh, it, it also made me more, more passionate about the access to resources in healthcare. Uh, so my, my grandfather, for example, uh, the, the chemotherapy that kept him alive for two more years uh, was was very expensive. And someone who didn't have the money for that would not have lived for, for, for these two years. So it was literally the question of who lives, who dies. Uh, and w- when I got to, to thinking about it more and researching it, uh, I found that so much of, of whether you have access to these resources uh, that depends on c- completely random factors where you live what family you were born into uh, your race your your, your zip code uh, and so it didn't make sense to me uh, that you know your chances of, of living were, were purely determined by chance uh, and so that's how i got inspired to dive deeper uh, not only into biomedicine but also uh, so how we can advance biomedical science, how to push it farther and faster, but at the same time, how we can share those advances with everyone around the world. And so that's where it comes from. And the book was an attempt of me raising awareness of some of these issues of people who have fallen through the cracks of the healthcare system. That's so awesome. I wanted to ask you, when you first like had the idea to write a book, I know from my experience writing and publishing my own book, it seemed like very daunting to me, especially because we are so young. And I think for a long time in society, youth are actually underestimated. And we're told like, you're not adults, you can't be authors, who do you think you are? Like, what are you doing writing these things? And at the end of the day, you wrote an amazing book that covers very important issues in all of society. So I guess my question for you is, what are some of the challenges you encountered within yourself with your own self-limiting beliefs about writing a book? So this project all started uh, from something that's called the personal project. It's part of the school curriculum that we, we do at, at my school. Um, and 
so initially the ambition was for me to write one short story uh, and that short story was through the lens of a fictional character uh, who was experiencing one of these issues in in, in biomedical ethics uh, and you know, initially I had this very large ambition that maybe this could turn into a book. And my friends, my, my parents, my family, uh, the, the first thing they told me was like, sure, Jan, sure. You know, sure, you're going to publish a book. Uh, and I didn't really believe it at the time. Uh, I didn't have my mind set on specifically publishing a book. Uh, so my goal was to to raise awareness of these issues and to engage people about them and to have them reflect and see how they could contribute to the world. So I, I explored different avenues that, that I could take to, uh, to to achieve that goal. It was very daunting in the beginning and it was very painful, a very painful process because uh, I had big failures when I was actually doing my first drafts. You probably can relate to this. Uh, so I'd give them to teachers, to friends, to, to family. Uh, and and it was a setback. It was painful to to hear that it wasn't you know the stories initially weren't balanced enough. Uh, the writing wasn't very good. It, it was two years ago, uh, but I, I think I think this kind of pain is is a normal part of the learning process. It's essential. I don't think the the pain should be something that we avoid. It, it's something that we should embrace as part of how how we learn. And I think it's helped the book significantly. I don't think it would have had the impact uh, and the reach that it had. Uh, uh, as it did yeah for sure you were saying how you had to create a few drafts and that just hit me hard because I remember when I was writing my first book I had to rewrite like I think I scratched the entire book at least twice rewriting it so many times and it's it's a very long process it's daunting especially as a young kid and like you're in your teenage years for me I was 13 so it's very daunting because people around you may support you or they might actually constantly challenge you and actually make you doubt yourself. And I think that was a very important part of my journey is being around both of those environments, being around my parents who are constantly supportive of me and helping me bring that vision to life, but also being around other people who maybe doubt me and don't think that I'm good enough to publish a book. So I think what you were saying about embracing that journey, I think it's a really good lesson to learn how to embrace failure because there's always going to be challenges that come your way and obstacles. And honestly, they're just inevitable. Every time you try something new in your life, it's different and it's challenging because it's growth and you've never been there. It's uncomfortable. And so I think it's really interesting how you're talking about embracing that because I think that's something that I personally learned too. And I think as a writer, you learn that a lot. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think one of the other challenges that I had is when I actually had the book ready. Uh, you know, I was I was so afraid of failure uh, because, you know, writing the book was the easy part, but finding the courage to release it to the world, uh, it, it was agonized because, you know, as far back as I could remember, I had successes. Uh, so and even when I had failures, uh, I had control. So there were no like real surprises. There was no risk. But, you know, I put so much of myself into the book. And I did not feel ready to publish. I was worried, like, will I seem naive, arrogant? Will, will I be boring? Or will they think that I'm insensitive, that I'm telling other people's stories? Uh, but in the end, I, I had the book, I printed it, and I was, you know, mechanically flipping through the pages. I, I think it's when it hit me that I have the power. I, I can inspire people uh, to address the issues in my stories. And so I, it, it was clear for me that, you know, whatever fear, fear of failure that I had, it couldn't be as important as the power I had to inspire people. I definitely agree with you. I remember the first time I was going to post about my book. I 
felt so scared. I think when I was published, I was 15. It's very scary to put your work out there because as a writer, even if you're writing a fictional book, which we both did, you still put a lot of yourself into that book. And so especially being a teen and, you know, battling things like bullying and hate and just gossiping and people disapproving of you. It's hard for any teen, but coming out and saying that, wow, I did this. I did something unconventional that other people may not do. Having that courage to step outside your comfort zone and share it. I think that's the hardest part. Cause after you do that, I've learned that when I'm doing things that are authentic with who I am and how I'm empowering other people and inspiring other people, I'm actually able to create and forge some sort of community that supports me. And there's not really anything I need to be scared of. And that's why when I decided to create my podcast, it was a lot easier for me to bring it out and create a community with that because I knew that you know, maybe this podcast isn't for everyone, but the people that it is for, the people that it's meant to empower and inspire are going to be here and actively listening. Yeah, definitely. I am frequently inspired by uh, Theodore Roosevelt's Man in the Arena speech, uh, where he says, you know, at worst, when you try something new, uh, you, you might fail and, you, you know, you can try a different method after. But at best, you, you can inspire people. Uh, so, you know, be the man in the arena uh, was, was the message of that speech. And I, I'm inspired by that. For sure. I want to go back to the actual writing piece of your book. How did you spread it out and like commit to writing? Uh, so every week I would I would uh, allocate a few hours to to work on developing this story or that story. And actually a lot of it would, would be spent reading uh, d d different materials online uh, about biomedical ethics, you know, the philosophy aspect of it, the economic one as well, sociology, taking courses online. Um, so it was all part of a very long research project as well. I think what's really important is that you that you try to set yourself strict deadlines, because if you if you say you know one day I'm going to publish a book, then every week that goes by, uh, you know you might not do anything because it's so far away. Uh, but but if you set a particular deadline that you're aiming for, it, it's going to make you work much more efficiently. I've also noticed that the difference between the people who bring their visions to life and don't is accountability and believing in yourself you know we can go on forever and ever about making excuses i don't have time i don't have enough energy to do that i don't believe in myself no one's going to trust me all this stuff but at the end of the day those excuses are only in your head first of all you're science so you know that time is not linear and that time is something that like you said, you create time, you make time for the things you're passionate about. If you love someone, you're in a relationship with someone, you make time for them. And just like that, those are things that you need to do and actions that people need to take for their own visions. I believe that someone has a vision or a project that they're really passionate about and they want to bring it to life. I will actively encourage them to do that because when you're passionate about something, it feels to me that that thing is very aligned with that person's purpose in the world, whether it's big or mundane. I think it's really important for people to act on their passions and people feel inspired by that when they see that other people are doing things that they love and empowering other people, especially as teens and youth, we're too scared to act on because of society's standards. But I think life is all about challenging society's standards and saying, you know what, I'm going to take the unconventional route and I'm going to make change that actively impacts other people in a good way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> you couldn't have said that better. So 
I also want to ask you, speaking, we're talking about change, like how is your book a catalyst for change? And where do you see your book inspiring people every day in small or big ways? Yeah, I think the first, uh, I guess the first traces of impact that I, that I started to have was when I started, when, when I wrote the first story and I got it to a few classmates and I ended up having much richer conversations about them, uh, with them about, about these issues. Uh, seeing both how they were being informed about these issues and how they were showing me that there's one more than one perspective. Uh, so I actually went back after their feedback and I tried to make the stories more balanced. Um, but seeing the book all together, uh, of course, there's the direct impact that the book has had. As some of you may know, all the proceeds that I made from the book sales uh, will be used to support organizations promoting the right to health. Uh, so it's very relevant to the issues that the book uh, tries to address and we've already c collected around two thousand dollars that will be supporting a particular organization based in lausanne switzerland and we're still growing what i hope to do beyond that is to, to build a community around this uh, as kim might know um, writing a book is admittedly it's, it's a lonely endeavor so i i really hope to, to get more people in this i don't think i should be uh, the only author of these stories so I really hope to get more people involved in this, um, maybe to write their own stories and contribute to this book. But bes besides all that, I, I hope I can inspire people by by the fact that I, I, I took something that did not seem in the bounds of reality, publishing a book. Uh, and now, actually, one of my classmates a few weeks ago, he, he's been struggling with the depression and he, he wanted to share his experiences about, about this. And he came to me and he said, Ian, I was inspired that you wrote a book and I'm writing my own book now. Uh, and, and that meant the world for me, uh, just knowing that I can inspire other people to, to also follow their passions, however, uh, however far, however unrealistic they may seem. I think that's so beautiful. And I think that's one of the most rewarding parts of writing and actually bringing that book to life for you is that two years ago when you're just writing the first drafts of your book you could never imagine that it would be out you would be having all these proceeds to support these amazing organizations and that you could I would never thought that my book could inspire so many kids or even just one person but after you get it out and after you see it on paper and you see it physically and you hold it it's just this most amazing heart-centered feeling that wow like I did something that contributes positively to the world and that's kind of like paying it forward I don't know if you've ever seen the movie but there's a concept <laughs> called pay it forward and you were definitely paying it forward by publishing the book and having other people be inspired to do so too which is amazing yeah and not only to, uh, to to publish their own books, but also to become more engaged about the issues that my book tried to address. Uh, so I'd be having conversations with people uh, about the issues in my book, and they'd be, you know, they tried to debate with me about why this and so is right and why I'm wrong and whatever. Uh, and e even that, the fact that they can that they can close the book and they can have more fresh uh, understanding of the issues in my book, uh, they can go ahead and talk to their parents about it, talk to their friends about it, and hopefully get even more people engaged and reflecting about these issues. Uh, so so my, my book was, uh, was both a direct vehicle for change and indirect. So direct was that it donated funds to, to, to relevant charities, but indirectly as well, in, in terms of how it inspired people to do the same and also to, to start more discussions about these issues. Yeah, I think what's cool about your book is that 
you're trying to make change and make an impact through your writing, but you were also able to do so outside in the community, which I think that's how you establish change is that you have those difficult educational dialogue and you challenge each other's beliefs and you talk about them and you have respectful discourse. And I think that's something that your book was able to cultivate, which I think is awesome. And I think if you're someone listening and you're interested in writing a book, I really hope that Eon's story inspires you to do so and whether it's just taking that first step of grabbing that pen and paper and writing and jotting down some ideas and notes about potential ideas and themes for your book or whether it's committing and taking three hours a week to sit and physically write all your ideas down and edit and create a cover and publish whether you're going to self-publish or find a publishing group it's really important to be able to integrate parts of yourself and parts of your beliefs into that book, which I think is something that you've done. And I wanted to ask you if you have any advice for that. Well, I, I can tell you this. I'm a complete work in progress. And if I've been able to write a book, uh, you definitely can as well. Um, and I, I don't think you should you should forcibly try to write a book. Uh, it, I think the, the, the book is more a vehicle to achieve something else. Uh, so for me, it was to uh, advance science, but to, to help share it around the world as well. Uh, and, and that was that was the mission of the book. And I, as I said, I, I looked at different ways that I could do this. And ultimately, I landed on using a book as a means to that end. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you, you will figure it out along the way. If you're really passionate about something uh, and, and the book is the right thing to do, then do it. So, Eon, now I'd like to discuss the School of New York Times with you. So... If anybody doesn't know what the School of New York Times is, it's a summer program that's run by the New York Times where Ian and I actually met. And it's mainly for people who are interested in writing, but they also offer a lot of different other courses. So Ian, I want you to like kind of tell about your experience at the New York Times and what that program inspired you to do. Yeah, so the course that I had was uh, was called Emerging Technology. Unfortunately, I don't think they teach that course anymore. Uh, but in, in the course I took, we we mainly focused on emerging technologies and uh, their their social, their societal, and ethical impact. Uh, and so I, it, it was it was a big trigger for me. Uh, in and actually, it was the summer that I started writing the book. Um, and we we learned about. AI, machine learning, and different applications of it, and how particular segments of society uh, discriminated against through these through these algorithms. And they might not have access uh, to, to resources, and that may result to some bias of the algorithms. Uh, and so that forced me to kind of uh, consider how uh, the biomedical technologies that I'd been studying in my internships and my my doctor shadowing and all these experiences I'd had, uh, how you know there may be ethical dimensions about those. Uh, and so that that was part of the trigger for, for my interest in biomedical ethics. And it's part of the reason that I wrote this book. Uh, apart from that, it's it, it's great because I was among a group of very ambitious people, uh, people like him. Uh, and I, I was really glad to meet you. By the way, you were a big inspiration for me when I was thinking of writing a book. Uh, so seeing you write. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, to, to anyone who's simply thinking about it, I, I'd really recommend it. For sure. I like how you were talking about how in the New York Times, we were surrounded by a group of ambitious people, which I think very much holds to be true. I felt the same way, which is so awesome to be around so many people who are unique in their own ways and who are talented and successful and challenge you. And I think 
what I learned from that experience is to constantly be surrounding myself with people who empower me and challenge me to be a better person and do new things. And I think it's really important for anyone listening to reflect on the type of people that they surround themselves with. I think there was a study that was like the five people that you surround yourself with impact your personality the most, which I think holds very much to be true. And I think when you are more conscious about the people you surround yourself with and you're more aware about who am I spending my most time with? Are these people challenging me to be the best version of myself and to impact others and to follow my passions or are they bringing me down? And if those people that you're surrounding yourself with constantly bring you down, I think it's really important to ask yourself, are those relationships really empowering me to be the best versions of myself? Yeah, no, no, I I agree completely, and uh, that experience did have did have a, did have a very similar impact on me. How do you hope to continue making a change in the world? Whether it's continuing to do projects alongside your book or starting new endeavors, what's your vision and your purpose that you're going to fulfill? What I say my purpose is is to, to commit to something bigger than myself. Uh, so with my book, it was committing to those unlucky people who have fallen through the cracks of the healthcare system, trying to help them by engaging people my age and people in all uh, people in all ages to, to engage and discuss these issues. Uh, and yeah, for this phase of my life, at least this is what it's involved. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do in the next few years, either working as a lab scientist or working on ethics committees. It, it will be with the mission of, of trying to leave something uh, better than how I found it. Uh, and for now, it's been focused on biomedicine and how I can share its impact, uh, but but it might change. So I, I'm not restricting myself to anything right now. I guess my last little bit of question for you is, is there something that you want to leave anyone listening to the show right now with any advice, any messages about your experience, about writing a book in general? Yeah, well, I, I love the the message for which this podcast series stands of claiming your power. Uh, and if if I can add to that, it's that, um, you know, guys, just just do what you're interested in, and don't don't be afraid of, of failure of external expectations. The only thing that you can control is your attitude to the things around you. Uh, so you know, just follow your passions, do what you're interested in. And if you have any specific questions about you know myself or the book, uh, then feel free to contact me. You can go on my website, who lives who dies dot com. Uh, and I have contact links there. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I had such a good time talking to you and I feel very inspired by your story and your message. So thank you again for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Kim, again. Beautiful souls, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram if you have any topic suggestions for future episodes or if you would like to apply to be a guest on the show. I hope you feel inspired to claim your power today. Bye.